welcome to 360 Conversations. This is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with female thought leaders, experts, and founders. We will be digging deep while sharing experience, insights, and tips for busy Generation X women seeking ways to strip back, simplify, live intentionally, and create space for everyday joy. I'm your host, Tammy Thomas, founder of The 360 Brand. Welcome to episode 20. Episode 20. Today, I'm joined by one of my BFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFF
the Creative Services Director for Northern Europe for Ralph Lauren and um, an all-round lovely human being. Hi, Juanita. Hi, yeah, you're all right. I'm good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. I'm she's cool. Exactly. She's also as cool as a cucumber, so I'm going to be doing lots of excited stuff and she's going to be like, yeah, that's how it is, bro. Um, so, Juanita, for the people that have not had the pleasure of coming into contact with you, please could you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Um, yeah, as you said, I'm the Creative Services Director for Ralph Lauren and I started there in 1999, which would make it 20 years. And I started as a cashier um, when I was studying spatial, well, I wanted to study spatial design, so I was doing a short course in interior design. Um, and I've always been interested in VM. So the job I've worked in Gap Tesco before. So visual merchandising. So it's a it's an industry within fashion. Mostly, it started within fashion to how to make a shop floor look better Mm -hmm. with the clothes, with placement, with color, with um, working with how the design team started. Like what was their inspiration and keeping that keeping that story together really for the consumer. Um, And you do it creatively and with your hands and on the shop floor um so I've always been interested in that since I've kind of hit the world of retail um but I wanted to study interior design and around around that stuff and then um there was a job that came up so I became a cashier then became a salesperson because I figured out you can make more money as a salesperson doing the same hours Mm -hmm. because the bonus system was really good and um, I was told at the time that I probably wouldn't get the job because I didn't have any experience. Everybody at the time in, in, in Ralph Lauren, which is an American company, had a degree in visual merchandising. But there wasn't even a degree in the UK solely on visual merchandising at, at the time. So one of my things or one of my mantras quotes is, if you've got no chance, you might as well make one chance. Can you wait? I've got that written down for later on. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. So, but that was the interview because I, because I, everybody was like, "You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it." So I thought, "Oh, I might as well go for it then. No pressure." Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I went for it. I had seven interviews for that job, and I got it in the end. And that I joined the VM team. Um, and then the journey there has been quite natural. Like I've become a, a coordinator, senior coordinator, which is like associate level. I became a manager, then a senior manager, and then I became a director about five years ago. And then I became a director about, I would say, eight months ago of Northern Europe, um, which, which means I took over the Scandinavian region plus the UK region. Um yeah, so it's been a, it's it's been a um, good journey. Every time I've kind of seeked for um, something different, Ralph Lauren has been able to provide it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're also because I do quite a lot of talks in schools and stuff, and they've always been supportive of um, that as well, giving me that time to go into schools and do talks on image and confidence, basically. So can we circle back a little bit? Yeah. Because obviously I, w- I was there for the seven interview yeah, yeah, process yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, all of yeah. that. It was really, at that time, like, what the hell? Seven interviews. Yeah, but I know. Talk us through going from being a cashier to working your way up to director level. Because whilst it has been natural, yeah. and I've seen that it's been natural, it's, you know, like the evolution of 
Juanita has definitely not just happened within your personal life but also within um yeah. Ralph Lauren and for me it feels like you really made Ralph Lauren different companies to suit you um sorry Ralph yeah. but <laughs> yeah yeah no no yeah. um so talk how did you go from being a cashier to working your way to being a director and I'm the reason I'm asking you this is because there are many people that will count themselves out so for example people saying that you haven't got a chance to get that job and you think actually that means I do have a chance there's no expectation now so I can go in and do whatever I'm doing how did you go from there to where you are now I think I think firstly of every every opportunity in the beginning you create and then opportunities are given to you I think in your career um I, I probably got a bit braver um my first jump from cashier to salesperson it just seemed a bit more interesting um and I made more money doing the same thing. So I've always been, a, I would say, I hate stuff like this, but I suppose it's easier to label, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a creative person, but I've always liked business. Mm-hmm. So it just made sense. Why would I be doing the cashier job for the same hours when I can get bonuses? And I was always good with talking with people. So that was kind of the first jump. It was more a financial gain than anything. So it was like a win-win as 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 we say mm-hmm. and um and I've, I've what I didn't realize when I was younger because I think on the CV there's skills isn't it and everybody I think especially women just try and tick off the skills yeah. and you don't realize that kind of your personality especially obviously I've been in the company for a really long time but that but it's your personality sometimes that gets you through the door more than your skill set if you're willing to learn and then that person if yeah, if you're always willing to learn, and that person thinks you're you're going to take the opportunity and make it the best that you can, mm-hmm. then that's always a skill. But they don't put those things on CVs. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then with the next jump, which was to the VM, like you said, it wasn't. It, obviously, I got a bit braver, but it wasn't much of a risk because even though it seems like everybody was like oh, that wasn't a really nice thing to say from my manager at the time that, oh, you're not going to get it. But it made, it took the pressure off mm-hmm. and I could really just be myself, even though I was slightly ignorant that if you're getting more interviews, that means they kind of like you. I didn't really, I didn't really get it. Also because it's an American company. So the, the, the personalities of American and, um, and English, you know, they're slightly different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's a big European company as well. So there's lots of different cultures that you've got to do. So I think I've always just tried to go for what I, what I want. The only one I didn't want actually was the director job. You didn't want um, it? No. Actually, no, I remember you saying that. Yeah, because I came, I just came back from maternity leave with my first son, who's five now. Um, and I was speaking to my boss at the time. I've got a different boss now, but I was speaking to my boss at the time and he offered me the job and that was my first day back. And I just looked at him and said, I don't know what shoes I've got on. My I've always brought, <laughs> yeah, like I need to go upstairs in the toilet and <laughs> let Express. some milk out. But literally I said to him, I don't know what shoes I've got on. He said, what, what are you talking about? I said, I don't, I said, I don't know what shoes I've got on. Like, I don't know actually how I got here today. I don't know, you know, like it feels like an out of body experience. Yeah. And he was like, okay, cause he hasn't got kids. So he was like, okay, think about it. I don't want to pressure you. He knows I like to think about things anyway, you know, and 
then I spoke to two people, one woman with four kids in our workplace, and then my sister who is without kids. And I think their their advice, my sister's advice was it's always better to be the boss. She was like, "Ten, you get to work, and this per- you can't gel with this person, and you need to go early. You need Fridays off, and this person just doesn't get you, or you know, she she doesn't work in fashion, but she understands that there's a reputation in fashion of maybe not the greatest bosses. Mm-hmm. And, and then the other- general boss of life. Yeah, she's a general <laughs> boss of life. And then um, the other uh, woman, um, Jeanette Bradford. She had four kids, and she was like a VP and she had known I was given the job so she came to speak to me and she said in six months when you've got everything down the school run that she goes you'll look back and this job is not going to be available for you Mm. she goes when you have everything she is she goes it is shocking the first week is shocking she goes but you'll get to the point where everything runs she goes kind of smoothly yeah that's why I was there at eight I get that 825 train in I do that I do that and she goes the morning becomes like this planogram Mm -hmm. but you get it done she Mm -hmm. goes that's when you're going to kick yourself and Mm -hmm. so those that those two bits of advice were the reason I went for that job so that one wasn't natural that one was a a opportunity I really had to turn into opportunity for me because I really didn't see it as one Mm. Um, it speaks also speaks I I remember us having the conversation and just I'm sure I said it because I just thought, well, it just speaks volumes that you've literally come back from maternity leave and they're offering you this role. It speaks volumes yeah. to you. It's not like they're desperate, you know. Yeah, and I took a year, I took a year off as well. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I took a year, practically a year off with both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, yeah, it does. And I think it gave a, a chance to, um, once again, for those soft skills, mm-hmm. for them to realise uh, where my ma- my senior management team at the time to re- to to focus on to my soft skills because when you're in a creative role your creativeness speaks for you mm-hmm. the shop floor speaks for us but I think with time apart it was probably the soft skills because I, well I know I'm really good at relationships and relationship building and and nothing's a problem we're selling clothes right mm-hmm. I'm not save I'm not out here saving lives um, even though I think it's important I do think it's important because I talk about kids but you know you have to put you have to put a measure on it mm-hmm. um and it's a lot of money it's a huge huge business um retail fashion mm-hmm. however you want to call it but I've always responsibility how many people do you oversee 30 now 30 yeah mostly young women mm-hmm. just because it's creatively that's how mm-hmm. it usually works so 30 before in my old job it was bigger because we looked after well I, I have managers at every level so before but then we look after like 64 million pounds worth of retail sales that's a lot of money yeah it's a lot of money it a is a lot of responsibility money. and it's about brand what what we're protecting is brand image mm-hmm. Speaking of brand image, I thought I would slide in and try something new because I have a beautiful platform 
And I think I should use it to talk about my products and services. I mean, it's the perfect place. So I would like to talk to you about my Nourish candle, which is the first product in my apothecary range. Yes, there will be more. This candle is a delicate combination of rose and frankincense essential oils combined with premium botanical fragrances that do not contain harsh chemicals, no parabens, no phthalates, no petrochemicals. So it is skin safe. And it means that you can reuse the amber jar um, for many purposes from storing some beautiful body butter or as a vase or something. I wouldn't advise using it as a drinking glass. Um, rose and frankincense essential oils have really great healing properties. They're well known for relieving anxiety, depression and immune system support. I use my candle to create a calm and loving space for me to do some big pieces of work or sometimes for self-care. As soon as I smell that scent, my brain knows what time it is. Um, and it's just a really beautiful aroma. It feels like a really beautiful, loving hug. I've got a link in the show notes if you'd like to buy or find out more. You know, and then even internally, we're protecting brand image because, you know, you can imagine we work for a lot of salespeople who just are selling, who are just, you know, like just want to sell. Like, yeah. can we put it? can we put it in the front of the shop like on the main on just a table no, no. you can't do that no <laughs> we're Ralph yeah. so there's, and, there's an aesthetic yeah that we need and to so follow for their own brand story as well so we're protecting Ralph's brand story from birth this is what we call it from birth of a collection mm -hmm. to sell out to the consumer so once it goes through lots of stages, you, you go through merchandisers who rip it apart, say that can't sell, red's the best colour. You go through pricing, who say, oh, that's too expensive, we can't do that now. It goes through that, but we're still trying to maintain Ralph and his team, what they try to birth onto the shop floor after it's gone through so many stages of getting stripped down. Mm -hmm. um, and to give the consumer that experience that happened at birth. Yeah, because that's that's what you're coming in there for. Yeah, brand names well, have a certain cachet. Yeah. But we're mm. all out here selling clothes. Yeah, you are, you are. But also, I think that it's an experience. I think even, okay then, so in America, it's very clearly Ralph Lauren. But because of the branding and the, I'm, this is just what I think. Yeah, because yeah, of yeah. the branding and the identity and because of where it's placed within the marketplace, mm. you know, like people will insist on saying Ralph Lauren. Do you know what I'm saying? Because there's a gravitas associated with the brand. Yeah, European, I think it's yeah. French. But th thinking about that, actually, um, so you've worked in Ralph Lauren since yeah. 1999 or whatever. Yeah. And over that time, as people, we have evolved. So you started mm -hmm. out in Ralph Lauren with straight brown hair. And yes. Evolved. Straight brown yeah. hair. You were on the shop floor, so you were yeah. wearing your Ralph quote unquote uniform. So it's yeah. out, out of that stuff. Yeah. And although you still do need to uphold the Ralph Lauren identity, you now have natural Afro hair. Yeah. You're not suited and booted every day. No. Nope. Um, so thinking about something that you said um, earlier on about um, opportunity, not no. Uh, no chance means you have a chance and also um being your personality how have those facets of you enabled you to bring more of your full self 
to Polo Ralph Lauren, Lauren Ralph Lauren, and yeah, 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 labels so, within. Yeah. Um, because sometimes uh, you're in work with um, yeah, trainers, tracksuits, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, like it's, it's like a wonder sometimes uh, to me, even when I look at myself some days, like I just catch, I just catch myself. Who's her? Like, oh, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mess me. No. Juanita responds, let me tell you something about this lady. Juanita and I went to Sierra Leone whenever it was that we went and we were in the market and Juanita bought a wooden carving of a giraffe, which is easily five foot tall yeah we were going to the airport Juanita said she's getting this giraffe on the plane it is coming to England she said if the worst comes to it and she can't bring it to England that's fine she'll leave it behind but as far as she was concerned that giraffe was getting on the plane and was going to be in England I watched this woman go into the airport Sierra Leone is a country where, unfortunately, there is corruption up, down, left, right and centre. She walked into the airport. She got airport staff to wrap the giraffe so that it wouldn't break and put that giraffe on the plane without any bribery, without any nothing, just a big smile and asking them to wrap it up carefully. That nicely, giraffe, nicely, nicely, nicely. nicely. That giraffe is now sitting in Juanita's house with a necktie around it. This is the person <laughs> that we are dealing with here. I don't know if it's yeah. because she's the youngest of a large family <laughs> or... In Sierra Leone, there's a saying, when children have a, a really gregarious, outgoing, not too far off like mad, and I mean mad in the West African, are you mad kind of way, <laughs> they say your mum had to give birth to you, otherwise she would go mad. I'm sure Juanita's mum had to give birth to her, <laughs> otherwise she would have been an old lady talking to herself and laughing at the bus stop. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know where I... Because uh, I do, I shock like I shock myself because sometimes I do, I'm telling myself like I still need to believe it, you know. Like when I say that when I say things like oh you if you've got no chance you might as well give yourself one chance. And so what it, but I think like in retail, what I realised from a really early stage is that I can't compete quote unquote with the blonde socialite who got her job. Mm-hmm. through connections I cannot I cannot compete I couldn't compete on that you you know me Tam I couldn't <laughs> you know I couldn't, I couldn't compete I'm gonna so have, then I, I'd, I you'd rather have a nap yeah I'd rather have a nap probably <laughs> but I can't compete like even I can't compete at that level so what have I got what have I got that I can compete with and that was myself yeah you know Ooh, yeah I cannot compete at that I can't com- with them or you know because they're they're very prevalent in retail they're very prevalent in media and that's not saying that they shouldn't be there but they're just very prevalent Mm -hmm. and I can't come I knew that from a very I didn't go to the right schools I don't speak three languages I don't so not just from a visual English Ebonics <laughs> some some type of West African yeah what are the, yeah. the last especially when you're negotiating <laughs> in the market yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so 
So one, thinking about that, yeah, because what I said was I'd really like to drill down on self-acceptance and yeah. something that you were brought up with from your dad, that there's no such yeah. word as can't. Yeah, so no, as much as you didn't want to, and I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, yeah. but as much as you didn't, you couldn't compete with those women, from what I know of you, because you are self-aware, I can't even imagine you even thinking it was even worth trying. That's what I mean. It's not like you can't compete. You can't take case in the race, but you've got to race your race. Yeah. You've got to bring your stuff. Yeah. Like in retail, uh, let's say usually, and I'm quite observant because I come from a really big family, mm-hmm. like a huge family, six brothers. Three. So I've been this little kid kind of left to my own devices because my mum had a lot to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Who's just been really observant from knees up. So like they say, one thing I noticed about me is that there wasn't many people who were creative and liked business. Yeah. Like there, there wasn't, I was only, I wasn't getting into meetings because of my creative brain. I was getting into meetings because of how I thought about business creatively, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and I started to think, think about that. Um, and I suppose having six bre- brothers as well and, and a dad, <laughs> my dad is very privileged, but I think having six brothers made me think, Instead of like, I don't know, it's quite like in retail, it's probably like they can be a lot of how do you look? How do you? But it's, I always to be like, what can I bring? Mm-hmm. What can I bring here? Um, and I think, yeah, like being that, I just, sometimes if I don't bother it, I think people don't bother with it. Like, I don't bother with not how I look, because I do appreciate how I look, but I do definitely like it looking at it aesthetically mm-hmm. like luxury and beauty and I don't need to have that for myself if I can look at it and be immersed yeah. in it that way then that's enough for me yeah. um but I don't know I, I, I think that I've always felt I'd quite I deserve to be there I deserve to be there I deserve to learn I've done lots like and any way how any by any means necessary as well mm. like I've gone to me- meetings in um Milan and people are like oh can you speak Italian and I'm like yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh I didn't know that and I was like yeah it's fine insert and then I go, Joanne the scammer gif yes yeah and then, and then I go but then I think oh we're a global company there's no way that I'm gonna go and someone isn't gonna speak English yeah so then I find the most English person speaking there <laughs> Hiya, hiya, hiya. And I just roll with that person. And then I learn the Italian that I need to learn. Because what I realise is just colours and fabrics. And and yeah, and then I get then the whole American team is there. They are, you know, so they don't speak Italian. And that's what I realised. People, you don't need to speak Italian to go to a meeting in Italy. We're a global company, global American company, where most people speak English so you're going to be all right and I've always had this thing that it will be all right like it will be all sorry we'll come back to it will be all right yeah that you don't need to speak Italian to go to a meeting in Milan that is a metaphor you don't have to have it all together and totally perfect to go there and show up yeah and I think that I feel like quite sometimes odd within women and I think that's my brothers that's why I bring up my brothers you know like like I read something the other day that 
60% of women won't talk up in a meeting or stuff like that. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm like a flamingo inside the pigeons or yeah, pigeon. Yeah, because you won't flamingo. be quiet. Yeah. And, it, and I get that from having six brothers nearer to me in age than say my, say my sisters and a really close relationship. Um, but one, how did that, cause I'm, I'm thinking back to when we were younger, you were yeah. the original person. I'd have something at my house. Where's Juanita? She's in bed. <laughs> like you would just get into the bed or you'd be somewhere quietly on your own. So yeah. Yeah. No, I, I do. I do appreciate downtime. Like but even so, at that point in time, like, you know, pretty much all of my family, you'd yeah. be cool, but you weren't, you was a bit introverted, whereas yeah. now, you're in the room, you're out the room, you're in the middle of the room, like, has has your progression through your career... Given me a bit more voice. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think so, and I think with position and status, that happens... Uh, naturally in business but I think I still always get even in you know around the boardroom I want to get to the point like I'm not just like I don't want to be here for fluff and I had lots of conversations about that in work that I don't I sometimes zone out, like they zone out and then mm-hmm. come back in and I've told I've just always said it's because I want to get on with the work mm-hmm. I, I, but I do, you know, like lots, if I did, I think at work, everybody would say probably I like everyone, but I think everybody deserves respect mm-hmm. and everybody's going through something and no one, everybody comes to work generally to do a good job. You know, like generally they want to do a good job. They want that appreciation. They want that affirmation. Mm-hmm. No one's really here trying to F someone up. No. You know, there's a few. I mean, like, it's fashion. Yeah, some people it? just come to work to collect cash. But yeah. like, most people go to work because it gives them a sense of purpose and they feel like yeah. all they want to do. But if you could get them nearer to that cash, that this is the solution to that cash, then they're happy as well. Mm. So thinking about um, getting nearer to the cash, hashtag securing the bag. Yeah. Thinking about um, your self-awareness, self-acceptance and something that you've been instilled with about the notion Mm. that there's no such thing as can't, which I want to come back to. Yeah. You have not only been successful in climbing the corporate ladder within your organisation, which, you know, as you've said, is a big global um, organisation. You've also stated and claimed your worth. You've, You've also secured pay rises and whatnot just not just for yourself but also for my team team. and I'm asking you this because there are lots of women there's there's lots of research about it whether the research is about the gender pay gap but also you know that thing where um, women feel like they need to have more than 80% of the um, job description yeah whereas men think what is it 20 20 the rest. that <laughs> also translates into us asking for money and asking for yeah. prizes and stating our needs how is it that you are somebody 
that is in Ralph Lauren, as you said, most of the people that were in your role at the time that you were applying, well, before you became a director and all of that, when yeah. you were doing the um, visual merchandising thing, yeah. most of the people had a degree. They were people from a um, affluent background and yeah. quite a lot of them had got into the company via an introduction. How did mm-hmm. you be a young woman that thought, bum all that, I'm still asking for mine because I'm doing more than. I think uh, this was probably something I've grown into and I've been quite fortunate in having, I think in the beginning, bosses that believed in fairness. And I try and, uh, in terms of getting my team pay rises, which I've been really successful at. um, Come on. Yeah, no, I have. Like, it's about, it's about fairness, it's really about, but I think like in the later years, it's about my worth. I'm good at my job. I'm good. I'm, I'm good at, I am good at my job. I deliver results and therefore I need to be paid for it. It's an open market out there. It's a global market for retail at the moment and what I'm not worth there. And obviously I have loads of loyalty towards um, Ralph Lauren. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's more information. Like I know when I go for a job, like not go for a job, but I do interview because I think you should interview. Just tell everybody that now, even if you are happy, mm-hmm. interview skills are key. I think everybody should do it. Um, I know how much that job is. You know, like every two years, LinkedIn is sending a person jobs. That's their kind of average data that in two years, a millennial or anybody would want to leave their job. They're kind of done now. They should have learned what they wanted to learn. So you're, you're bombarded with a lot more information. And I used to say that to my bosses. I said, I've always managed a team, probably however small, maybe for the last I don't know, 12 years, but never, except in this kind of generation or this time, that they can come in and tell me the job, tell me how much they're going to get paid, tell me what that increase is because of the information out there. And that makes it harder to keep people so that, sorry, people come for an interview and tell But you I know, but you terms. know, like, yeah, they know the know. terms. Like, no, but no, not like my my team, but I've, you know, I encourage my team to be really honest. Like, they come and tell me, oh, I did an interview this week. I'm like, okay, da, 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 why did you go? What did you like about the company? And sometimes I feed that back to HR as well. Like, I'm super honest. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like they know what Google's benefits are. Ten years ago, I wouldn't have known what Google's benefits are unless yeah. I was in, yeah. in, I had a friend in Google. Yeah. Or like now I can read Forbes and know what the best company is for women to work with, yeah. to work in. Yeah. Do you know what, do you know what I mean? Like there's so, so much information out there that tells you how much your job is worth. Yeah. And then you put on how much you're worth yeah. and you're, you've got to have the conversation. Otherwise, you're playing yourself, really. Do you get what I mean? Like, do you get what I mean? Like, you've got to have that conversation. Mm, mm, mm. And there's budgets, and there's all those, also those things. And but you can you can work around. It, it, and also to say to somebody, I am passionate about this. I am not going to let this go. I think that's for me and a team. But they do. If you look at the data, they do say if you want a pay rise, the woman is the best person to get it for you. But it's when she needs her pay rise that that's yes. where the person comes on board. Yes. So she's very good at fighting for, for other people yeah, but not and herself. not fighting for herself. So, you you know, my, it never starts off well. That conversation never starts off well with anyone in business. That, that com- oh, I need a, my team. It never starts, oh, you know, we've got, <laughs> you've got, this is our level, this is our part. Mm. But 
you know keep on going at it yeah. I, I think and sh- showing someone that you're passionate about it that you're not going to give it up and you're going to need real answers and if it's not you I'm going to go to HR if it's not H I'm going to go to P&D it's not you know I'm going to knock on as many doors as possible that I really understand that why I can't get it and this is why it's really important as you're saying that I'm thinking this is why it's really important to um slow down and acknowledge what you're doing because what you're saying I'm I'm thinking about myself and yes I was working for local authorities and government never you know it's it's not like a private business where they can say we can look at the budget and we can see what magic we can make but because I never really slowed down to acknowledge the worth of the work I was doing that whole idea of knocking on doors saying actually I'm worth it and I guess I was always dealing with problems, you know, social work yeah. is always dealing with problems, it's never enough, blah, blah, blah. So I, I had this idea of lack. So for me to go and knock on many doors to ask for a pay rise, I wouldn't have the confidence to do it because I'd be thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, I didn't do the other, um, rather than looking at the whole picture. So how do you review and check in with yourself? Um, now... I put it in my calendar. If I've done something really amazing and I tell my team that as well. So when we come to appraisal time, because we're humans, right? We forget and mm-hmm. three, six, five is a really long time. But I put it in my calendar. If I've achieved something really good, if I've achieved something even really bad, but you know, like highlights mm-hmm. in my my career for that year. So if I say my career is a year, what was I really proud of? What And I actually put it down. So when it comes to appraisal time, I can go back. And, yeah. and 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 look at that. I I think that in terms of a a physical act that that has really worked for me. And I encourage my management team to do that as well. Because sometimes I tell them I forget. You know, I I I forget, and they're like, "Well, I did that. We turned up. We, you know." Yeah. So and it, and it, and doesn't have to be monetary. It can be. Um, you know, you just got the team together and everybody felt really good. It can be emotional as well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be monetary. Yeah, no, that that's really important as well. Com- yeah, companies are winning at the moment. If people come to work, you know, like work and mental health at the moment, if people come to work and they feel good and they like the boss that they're working for, you're winning. Listen. Because it's really yeah. tough out there at the moment. Yes. It's really, really hard um, expectations um the way people feel about work how they come to work so if you're just doing that then you're you're a good boss Mm. or you're good and also a great employee we're Mm. trying to create you know like a certain type of balance Mm -hmm. um so sometimes the 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 staff I know that there are some places that I worked in and I should have left way before I actually did but the manager I had or whoever it was, I felt seen and valued. And even though I wasn't getting a pay rise, I was getting a thank you. I was getting an email to say that piece of work was great. I was getting a mention in a team meeting or whatever, those sorts of things that just make you feel seen as a human being, not just a number and a pay slip. Yeah. It's like trying to create a culture. I mean, mean, they say people don't leave their job, they leave their boss, you know, um so and, and these things are not tangible but we should still write them down yeah we should see you know we should still write them like I took 
I took my team for lunch. You know, like one thing that I did a little while ago and I didn't realise like until one of the coordinators, because obviously they're managed. So I have managers in place. So, um, but I thought I'm going to take the whole Look team at out. Her, she has managers in place. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And I, and I don't micromanage. So I leave them to run those teams. Yeah. So, you know, the connection, sometimes depending on the associate or the coordinator, um, even though my door's always open, it's through the manager. That, and hopefully I'm managing the manager to create a great experience. But I thought, I'm just going to take everybody out for, for half an hour chat in a, um, in a nice place. You know, like, and it, some some of the chats weren't even about work, and and you know they found it really suspicious as well. You know, humans find humans suspicious. Yeah. Like, what? Why are we here? Being nice to me. Yeah, why are we here? I was like, because we've been just having a chat, and I did that probably like a year and a half ago, and it was so so nice to realise what people's career expectations were, what they. I remember like one of the. Uh, young ladies you know we're talking about career and what you want to do in 10 years she's like I want to be a mum and I was like okay cool and she was like oh my god I thought you were going to kill me for saying that and I said no I'm not I said but you know what blow out your career before you become a mum so you've got nothing to look back on yeah like do this for 10 years as hard you know as hard as you can as playfully as you can do it strongly go for it and then be a mum just leave this all behind nod it out you know and and go into that feeling like you did yeah. you were gonna do. There's no resentment, no looking back, lusting. Yeah. Like was. Yeah. Could uh, you, um, tell us God. about where your philosophy of if there's no chance, that means I have a chance comes from. I think it's got something to do with my dad, and I can't. Like, like <laughs> I think it's wrapped up in that Mr. Um, Duke Lazarus Bardury hey. of, of Dominica Sultan. Of, of Dominica Sultan. Yes, 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 yes. So, um, our dad. And so, by, so there's 11 kids. So, anybody. just to be clear, Juanita was the youngest of 11. Yeah. Unfortunately, one passed away. Um, I think which shaped my mum and dad's parenting after that mm-hmm. I think they were quite if I talked to my brothers before that they were quite strict and uh, quite had a traditional uh, you go to school you do well you do by the time I think I came along <laughs> apart from being tired <laughs> I think I think and worn out I think they had like a different philosophy of letting people letting kids live letting them have a bit more of a voice mm-hmm. um but one thing that was very prevalent from my upbringing with my dad was yeah don't come in this house and say I can't like, that was like a swear word like mm-hmm. oh, I can't do this I can't do that he'd get so upset and he'd have this dictionary that at the time this huge dictionary at the time didn't have can't ca- cannot in, I don't know why I don't know if he say it up himself because <laughs> he knows he's art of war so so you put can't it wasn't in it and then even when you look at can't now, mm-hmm. it actually means that you believe in negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. I believe in negativity. If you put the two words together, it's believe and then not is negativity. Mm-hmm. So that's what can't is. You're saying I believe in negativity. And I, I, I can't stand for that with my upbringing. I just, you, you know, like it, it's not an option for me. Mm-hmm. And so that it, in the physical, it turns out to be like, oh, you've got no chance. Like, what's no chance? <laughs> what's no chance? Well, like, how did... I don't understand that language. I, I don't understand. And our dad used to say there's no such thing as nothing. Like, explain what nothing is. Mm. 
And I suppose it's like watching those 80s music, 80s movies, like, oh, the nothing's coming for you. I mean, like, you know, like, there's nothing. I mean, like the wrinkle in time, it's like the it. It's like all yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. How tangible really is it when you break it down? And my father wasn't a very academic man, but he would make us break negativity down. Like, what is nothing? If you say, I am nothing, oh, this is nothing. Like, he'd really make say, but what, what is nothing? And none of us to this... Like, say, that's like, that's, if you say, I am nothing... You're, you're the absence of something like how can you put that on yeah, yourself but he, he, yeah but he he's like and I still can't and even he's like darkness and light he goes in you know like he's quite a spiritual man like so he'll be like there cannot be darkness without light he goes yeah. if you look scientifically you can it cannot be yeah, yeah. and so as a little kid hearing because he didn't tame his talk because you were little. No. <laughs> like, you know, like... I don't know I'm which five. Caribbean or African dad does. Yeah. So you're five. <laughs> so what, what do you mean it's light and dark? Are you okay in your brains? <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? Are you stupid? I'm like, no. <laughs> don't, because that's the reality. Literally, do you know how many times I was asked if I'm stupid or a fool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know which one. Which A or B? I don't know. Is it a C? Is there a C? Whatever you say I am, dad. <laughs> So yeah, he didn't he didn't tame his talk, and then it made more sense as we as I got old. Luckily, it made more sense as as I got as I got older mm-hmm. in terms of um, his belief and his spirituality. And I'm glad I, I did because like my dad is 87 today. Oh wow! And, Happy uh, birthday, Uncle Duke. Yeah, and um, and that wears away. You know, he's starting to readjust maybe. Like, it just wears away a bit. So I'm glad that I was there for the full force yeah. of that belief. Yeah. And you know, you like... pass that on. That's legacy. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know about the line and him knocking off my door <laughs> <laughs> two in the morning with a, a torch, any art of war. Like, what was that again? What did you say again? Oh, I can't remember. You know you don't have Pardon? to remember the truth. No, you tell me. No, you don't have to remember the truth, babes. Listen, all types of you know and that I think like who the core of my dad was trying to get to the core of who you were so if you were a liar that you're a liar it's not like my dad's (laughs) gonna change you he's like like, my mum and my dad actually I'm not really giving my mum like but my mum and my dad like if that's who you are that's who you are yeah but we just know that you're a liar and we move in that way yeah and stop saying that you know, same like I always had a, you know, you hate it, a cigarette now and then. Yeah. I remember talking to my dad and he said, so you smoke? And I was like, no, dad, I just have a cigarette. It's my mum and my dad. And I said, I just have a cigarette now and again. He goes, no, you smoke. Don't confuse yourself. Thank you. Very He's nice. like, if you lie, you lie. It's not all little white lie. <laughs> oh, it's a big lie. No, it's a lie. That's it. End of. My, my dad put confusion into our lives mm. it was very clear you know like there was no sub level lower level and then basement you know like there was yeah, yeah. A, lie is a lie is a lie one cigarette for the year you smoke for that year <clears throat> and he's a very intuitive man yeah which is, is both so them. calm I remember I said to him years and years ago I said Uncle Duke how, how come you had like 11 children and he said well by the time you have three you're tired and the house is always a mess so we just carried on <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm not having three <laughs> are you sure 
Yeah, sure, I'm sure. Mentioning not having three, so you are a senior, a very senior person within um, Ralph Lauren. You are a human being with needs in in your own right. Mm -hmm. You're a mother and you're also a in a in a, a partnership you know you and the father of your children have been together yeah. since we were children mm-hmm. um how do you manage all of that um and the reason I'm asking is because I was reading something where somebody was saying that they are only in the position that they're in because they recognized the need to ask for help and to delegate how, and, and your job involves a lot of travel so both your your children are young still yeah. Um, how do you navigate all of that? I have a bit of a bad time slowing down. Like if I'm on the treadmill, I probably keep going. You know, like I get to the point like I am so effing tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm getting better. I'm getting better at it. And I have a huge family, which is great. Um, and um, yeah, we have lots of support in terms of the, the kids and mm-hmm. Clee's amazing in, when I'm traveling and um, so forth. But I, I, I'm probably not the best person to um, answer that question. Maybe from outside it looks, but I know like this year or for the past years that I have to slow down. And no one's asking me to do it. So sometimes I think, oh, where does it come from? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's that thing of doing a good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've spoken about this at school. Like one thing I've always seen my parents do is do a good job. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a child of immigrants. And so they've always done this the hard working. And I think that I've, I've got that and I don't need to work to that level. If you get what I mean, mm-hmm. like it's not comparable mm-hmm. or comparable. It's not, it's not comparable. So I'm not the, I'm not the best person, but luckily I've got a lot of support as I don't know. Well, I'll just be doing something different, but I, I don't know what, how I would, I would say it's the support. I've got a good support system. I'm not afraid to ask my family to have for help though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not afraid to... As well as that, what I see is somebody who um, also, you know, you said you don't like uh, waffle or whatever it was when we were talking about meetings, you get straight to the point. I think that's straight to the point. I think you're very discerning with your time. So even if you do give a lot to your work and you do give a lot to your parenting, like I remember there was one time that you were saying that um, you just couldn't get to sleep. So you had a long, luxurious bath at what o'clock in the morning, (laughs) which helped you feel better about going to sleep and waking up feeling refreshed. Yeah. Yeah, if I can't sleep, I don't force myself to go to. Sometimes I, I might just have, I know they say this five thing, like five hours, but sometimes my body does just need five hours. Yeah. You know, like, or I'll get up and do, no, I don't really do meditation, but I'll get up and do a bit of, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. Are tell a white lie? Uh, no but cause I think some people may class it as meditation but yeah. I don't class it as meditation yeah. so I'd get up and do a bit of yoga mm-hmm. four to five and then go back to 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 bed but my dad used to get up at four o'clock a lot so I think it's kind of the oh, that's yeah. nurture and mm-hmm. he'd go for a walk mm-hmm. in the park and sometimes like we'd go with him mm-hmm. and he'd always say how important this time of day is and that if you get up you should try and stay out and then you go back to sleep mm-hmm. so you go for half an hour walk and go back to sleep so sometimes I do that but I think that's more to do with nurture mm-hmm. like I won't try and force myself to go back to bed I find if I try and force myself that's when I go on the phone yeah but if I say let's get up let's do a bit of general yoga and um, let's just sit 
uh, I find that then I'll have a cup of tea and then I'll go back to bed mm-hmm. like within half an hour. And that's the thing. It looks like different for everybody, um, whether slowing down means, you know, doing less or whether yeah. it means cutting out different things. But I think that um, when you we, we've got to be re, we've got to be realistic when Ralph needs what Ralph needs, they don't care that you wanted to take an hour to meditate that morning they want you to do what you want what you need to do like I like I was listening to it was on the Tim Ferriss podcast and I can't remember who he was talking to and um he was saying within all of the um slow down self-care need to look after yourself he said sometimes you've just got to do your fucking job dude like you've just got to do what you've got to do so there's that so I don't think that um I don't think that slowing down necessarily it's a physical act the same thing for everybody but it doesn't mean that you wake up in the morning and you have half an hour and then you do this and then you do that for for, it is literally those things well actually I'm going to slow my mind down because I'm taking myself to I'm driving myself to distraction lying down here trying to sleep I'm going to have a bath Mm, I do think like um I tell I tell the team, you know, like, it's so funny, like, we have conversation 15 minutes, we talk about things in the world with the team, and, like, we just talk about odd things in our um, team, but I even tell them, I said, you know, in, like, in a conversation, you can slow things down, it just depends on how you interpret the conversation, yeah. even if that person is going a thousand miles per hour, like, you don't need to get on their mm-hmm. treadmill, mm-hmm. Um and it's about power, isn't it? Like, I mean, we're not, as women, told that we're power, powerful, but you can, by very, and I think that all power looks very different to us. It's about being loud. It's about mm-hmm. being, and actually, it, it could be about, in a meeting, just being silent until you've got something to say. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. What, sometimes it's nonsense what the rest of it has got to say like I had a meeting that we had a director's um like a international director's and I was quite vocal and after about certain subjects and afterwards it was like, oh you talk for and I said I was talking for my team I said this is my opportunity to be in front of the board really closely you know our board who run this company and to talk about my team mm-hmm. so some of the subjects were not for me yeah. They were about my team. And, and, and one of the huge things that we have a company is how do we engage millennials, like most companies? Mm-hmm. How do we employ them? You know, we want to be around for another 50 years. I'm not going to be working there <laughs> in 50, 50 years. So then they need to listen to the voice of those the people, coming those coming through. Mm-hmm. And how do their voice get nearer to the board? Through management. Yeah. And so I said I wasn't vocal for myself. I was vocal for the fact that, this is my team and these are the people who will be running companies yeah these and even their like my kids they will be people running you know running companies or running as i i even have a thing that kids still go to school in uniform or sit at desks when the biggest thing is about working anywhere living anywhere and running the company yeah. i'm like the, the two don't marry for me yeah you know, so I'm like, am I engaging my children to actually live in this modern world that is trying to be created right now? Because it's more nomadic. Yeah, I think that um, the difficulty is that the government is so steeped in tradition that like is most no things. longer relevant. 
Yeah, it's, it's it it takes too much brain power, even though it doesn't, for them to um, change the system. But yeah, but do we want it anyway? Go say on. that again. Do we really want it as well? Um, change yeah, is not too, a hard, it's a hard thing. The education system was actually an out as it is now an outcome of the industrial revolution. Yeah, um, to create factory workers and stuff. But thinking about anyway, um, your children. Yes. What, is the most valuable lesson so far you have gained from motherhood? That's a good question. What is the most valuable lesson? Uh, don't don't be so hard on yourself. They they come with a lot of answers. They they come with a they come with a lot of answers themselves. I don't know what happens in that mix, like when it or the pregnancies or even before. Do you get what I mean? But they come with a lot of answers themselves. I mean, I, I, and I think that parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they do. They do. I think we giving children it's physically what they can't do. But I think, I think, yeah, they come and it will be all right. Like, if you give them the right tools, like, it will be all right. I think we worry about things that we, we, we can't impact. Mm. Like, we can't. I've never felt thought as much about my, what is it, my, what's the word, my life or my, uh, how long I'm going to live for or, mm-hmm. you know, um, I always forget the word, until I had children. Mm-hmm. Never, never. Even if I was in the weirdest situation, you know, I've always been weird situations. Does become yeah, weird. yeah. I never thought about my, and I have been in some crazy situations to do mortality. Yeah, <laughs> really, really, Bruce? Yeah, just yeah. like doing nuts things, yeah. like you know. Yeah, and <clears throat> what sort of things? I know that you're not somebody who is like a development book um junkie but what sort of things have you read or seen or heard that have had quite a profound impact on the way you move through the world i think it was more uh, a tangible thing so i had a um health scare maybe uh 13 years mm-hmm. ago to do with ms mm-hmm. so they said that i would have had ms within six years so you're f- facing something that you cannot impact yeah so but I took her once again I had great private health care and um, I just realized the doctor was really nice he was a really nice guy he was really nice but at one point I was sitting in front of him and he was saying to me you've got to get pregnant because the drugs that you <laughs> got to take they might make you infertile and then and I thought this guy is waiting for me to get sick mm-hmm. I that's thought I, I'm not I'm not with it? you like I'm not with that's not yeah I'm not on this training he was really nice he didn't have a computer on his desk you know like we were vibes in yeah but I thought you, I'm me and you like in two different spaces and I didn't know where to go I knew nothing about alternative health or um eat, you know I ate what I ate I, I, health being well-being like Mm -hmm. I didn't know much about it Mm -hmm. and then I went on this mad journey and I think one of the things oh sorry sorry because I had so I spent a lot of money on alternative healthcare with a naturopath an osteopath a Mm -hmm. trainer learning about myself my body why you eat and stuff like that but I think one of the main things I heard from her was um 
was one time she was we were talking about ms and she was like oh i think it's time to put down the books and i was like what what are you talking about like because i knew everything Mm -hmm. i knew what pots and pans you you should have i knew why that drug was wrong for you that drug now i haven't got just at this time i have not got ms Mm -hmm. i didn't have ms um it was a sign like I had some signs that could have indicated that I would have MS mm-hmm. but I had taken it on board as I am going to get MS you were inviting um, it. yeah and then she said so she said I think you just need to put down the books and maybe just concentrate on what's real now that you're not eating well maybe that dairy isn't great for you and stuff like that and she goes because you're making a bed you're making a home for MS mm-hmm. to come and lie in to live in mm-hmm. so I think that's what but just be careful what you think about like that because you're inviting all those thoughts or invitations for something to come lay inside your home which is your body mm-hmm. they say thoughts become things yeah you know like the nothing the it that all these movies <laughs> um, uh, 80s kid yeah. but, but you know but it's like even it the clown you know like it's, it's about someone's imagination and it's about fear and it's yeah. about like but it's real that's really tangible mm-hmm. um so i think you should be careful what you feed yourself mentally um and what you say to yourself like try and be kind inside there tell us yeah. something you say to yourself to be kind to yourself what do i say myself to mm-hmm. stop that shit like we're not <laughs> That's when it. Stop, myself, that like, shit. stop that shit, man. Like, like come on, like we gotta yeah. go, like to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just that shit. Like, yeah. I'm not really, you know. Um, I think like because I got that, that, I went for that award ceremony, and I think I wrote that I don't really sit down, have time to really thank that in that young girl mm. who always had her hand up was really taking a lot of risks mm-hmm. you know, by going to meetings and like, but she really was, but she was full of life. And I don't think I've taken that much time to say thank you to her or honor her. Cause she's a big reason the, the, the why I'm here and what I'm doing is because she was definitely fearful. I mean, fear, fearless in a sense, not big. Do something. Oh yeah. Because you're very good at this. And I, I have the vast majority of cards that you have sent me. I want you to buy 24-year-old Juanita a beautiful card. And I yeah. want you to write her. I want you to write her a thank you card and post it. Okay, cool. Good. I could do that. Good, good, good. And um, before we wrap up, yeah. could you tell me, even within not slowing down and keeping up with the various things that you do on your beautiful sparkly treadmill. (laughs) How do you cultivate everyday joy? And I I ask you this because when I was telling, oh my gosh, so Juanita coaches me on stuff to do with business. And when I was over planning because I have a tendency to be very impulsive and I just run with something then I think oh my goodness I shouldn't have done that I really got into like over planning and overthinking and over researching and whatnot whatnot and Juanita was like time just start it just 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 do it and so when I said blah 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 everyday joy Juanita is one of those people she's got better at controlling her facial expressions but her <laughs> eyes say it all her eyes lit up and she knew immediately what I was talking about so how do you cultivate um 
oh, and also, excuse me, the, the award she was talking about, Juanita was nominated for a Black British Business Award. What category was it? Uh, consumer and Luxury, that was it. Yes, yes. She should have won. She did win. She did win. She <laughs> yeah, won it was a really good she was night. Nominated. Yeah, um, But yeah, so she was there. She was in the room. She was doing her thing, looking like a Grecian goddess. Um, but yeah, I digress. Everyday joy. How do you cultivate everyday joy? I'm blessed, man. That's it. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. And I always will be. I always will be. But I'm here, like, like obviously I'm just going into my real spiritual shit now. This is just a moment in my life. This this life is a moment, mm. and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. Like, I'm blessed, man. Perfect point to end on. Thank you very much, Juanita Bardui. I am blessed not just to have you on this podcast, but just to have you in my life full stop. Thank you. Thank you also, Tam. It's been great. Thank Thanks. Thank you very much. Um, I'm not going to tell you where you can find Juanita because she doesn't do socials all over the place. She gonna be where she is. She can be where she's at. If you go to Ralph Lauren somewhere in Northern Europe, you might see her there. She's got a big smile, lots of teeth and Afro hair. So look out for that. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Juanita. No, thank you. Bless ma'am.
Thank you for listening to 360 Conversations. I appreciate you sharing your precious time with my guest and I. I hope you found the episode useful. I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review my podcast. Like an increasing number of our digital experiences, the algorithms rule. Your feedback will assist me reaching a wider audience and I'd really love to have more women being privy to or joining these conversations. The feedback I get following each episode is beautiful and tells me more women could benefit. As always, I'd love to keep the conversation going. You can join me by commenting on the podcast show notes on my website or via social media at Live360. I hope to engage with you soon. Podcast produced by me, Tammy Thomas. Podcast music produced by James Anderson. Take care.